Hey, what's up everybody? This is The Film Room, and I'm excited to be back. I know I took a little bit of a hiatus, but I have a very good excuse for that. My wife and I just welcomed our first child into this world, so the past, you know, month, month and a half has been a little bit chaotic, and I haven't had a lot of time to work on the podcast, but... I'm excited to be back and I plan on getting some more episodes out and possibly getting some more bonus content out. Uh just launched our website. So you can find that at www.thefilmroomhorror.com and basically I'm going to be publishing our podcast episodes there. Going to be writing some blog posts, going to be do some written material for film reviews and I also started a section for horror tales. So that's where I'd like to create my own fictional horror stories for you guys to read. So definitely head over there and check it out. I don't have a lot of stuff out right now, but trust me, there's going to be more content coming through. And I also want to mention this is a solo episode. It's just me. I know that we had my good buddy Keller in the Hereditary episode, and then my crazy uncle Seth in the Nightmare on Elm Street episode. And trust me, those guys will be back. I had a lot of fun talking to them. But like I said in the first episode, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which was the first episode, my solo episode, I'm going to continue to do solo episodes because they're fun to me and I hope you guys enjoy it. And this time around, I think I found a little bit of a hidden gem for me, a movie called Vacancy. This movie came out in 2007, starring Kate Beckinsale and Luke Wilson. I'm kind of amazed that I've never seen this movie. Like, I remember the trailers for when it was coming out, and obviously I was too young to go and see it in theaters. And then I feel like it never was on regular cable. And then, you know, once streaming became available, it just didn't seem like this was widely available on streaming platforms and not really front and center. And I guess just by chance, I was scrolling through. Amazon Prime and this movie came up as a movie we think you'd like um that's what they said and I'm like you know what yeah I do think I'd like this and I've been meaning to watch it so I'm kind of excited to delve into this movie I must have been I I was mistaken but I don't know if I must have been thinking of a different movie but I almost was 100% sure that there was another main character with Luke Wilson and Kate Beckinsale's character. I I was completely wrong, but I might be thinking of a different movie. So in the first like 20 minutes of that movie, I'm I'm like, all right, somebody's going to pop up out of the backseat or they're going to have a buddy or, or a friend or something. And nope. And I'm like, oh, I clearly, I clearly have not seen this movie. But my overall thoughts on this movie, it was it was okay it was entertaining enough i kind of like that it didn't go over an hour and a half uh i feel like they would have just been dragging it out and it kind of had the same feel as the strangers which came out around the same time as this and i feel like a lot of mm, like home invasion type movies were starting to come out around this and not that this is a home invasion type film but it kind of has the same I guess like cinematography to me and I don't know I just it was kind of I mean it was a fun watch but I don't know if I'll ever watch it again funny enough uh as I was doing my research I actually I was like did they make like sequels to this and they did a year later they made a direct-to-video sequel 
um, well, it's a sequel, but it's basically a prequel on how the motel employees started this snuff film torture operation in this motel. Really, really weird. I was kind of surprised at the lack of box office success so this movie had a 19 million dollar budget which seems just astronomical because it's a single location movie you are literally in a motel the entire time don't go anywhere else and you have five six seven cast members and i mean yes back then kate beckinsale was a huge name luke wilson you know, coming off of uh, old school and some other films, like he was also a pretty big name. So they were the big sellers for this movie. And and then I mean, you had Ethan Embry in the movie, but I mean, he's in a mask for 75, 80% of the movie. It just seems odd that it took $19 million to produce a movie like this. Now, with that said, they did get a $35 million box office return. So they almost doubled their original budget but i still think that you know think about their marketing costs and you know other expenses they probably they probably just barely made money on this i mean i i'd say they probably made like 10 million and i want to make it sound like 10 million is not a lot of money i mean shit that's that is a lot of money but on a 19 million dollar budget you're probably looking for that movie to explode and we'll think about it like this. There's a lot of movies that kind of have the same premise as that. And they're, they can produce it for less than $5 million. I mean, if I would have found out that this movie had a $5 million budget and it made $35 million, I'd have been like, holy crap, that's successful. You know, seven times it's, it's budget. So that's where I'm like, wow, $19 million seems a bit much. But, you know, that's probably the reason why the sequel went direct to video because it was probably too expensive to even put in theaters. So another interesting fact that I found was that Sarah Jessica Parker, funny enough, was rumored or I guess penned in to be the star to star along Luke Wilson in this film. And I guess something happened and Kate Beckinsale got the call and she took on the the lead playing the wife and honestly i i think they're interchangeable i don't think kate beckinsale did an amazing job so i think sarah jessica parker would probably do just the same some people kind of get hung up on stuff like that We're like oh my god it would have been so much better if this person was in it's like eh, not really i mean look at the source material that they're that they're given it's kind of you get what you get with it i guess there's not really a lot of room for you know creativity there this film Surprisingly, I mean, I was probably going to give it like a 25 to 30% of Rotten Tomatoes, and it got a 55. A 55, I mean, that's respectable. I mean, that's average, right? And I think a lot of people just said that it's kind of just a average movie, not really making anything new or there's no big surprises, and I got to agree with that. So the 55%, at first, I was like, wow, that's a higher than I was going to have, but you know, I can respect that number. Let's get into the movie a little bit. So when I'm first watching this movie, I had to make a note about the opening credits because it was kind of weird. It was all these weird illustrations and colorful lines. And it's just getting right into the actors and the 
and the um, crew members and then right into the title and the part that's super funny for me is that the music kind of reminded me of a James Bond movie like a like it was like spy music and I'm like this is this is really weird this is really off and not only that it was a very very long intro my wife was I invited her to watch the movie with me and I know she probably got through like half an hour of it before she fell asleep but she was like oh my gosh like how much how long does this need to be the the intro and i'm like yeah no kidding this is kind of taking a while but then we move into getting introduced to our main characters um luke wilson and kate beckinsale they're a married couple and you can tell right off the bat things are tense just kind of she's sleeping he's driving just kind of the way he's looking over at her and just he's luke wilson same with his brother Owen they're really good at expressing expressing themselves with their facial expressions like you you can totally tell like what they're going through and what they're thinking with that like they just have very ex- eyebrows and I don't know yeah he you can he's super tired he has to swerve around raccoon wakes his wife up and this is kind of the first dialogue you know where they kind of turn a big thing into nothing or an, something that's nothing into a big thing and they're arguing about she's like oh he's had to swerve around a squirrel and he's like it was a raccoon you know kind of a little bit of an elementary type uh, argument and they're driving something's wrong with the engine from when he was swerving around so they end up having to stop at this gas station and the wife is confused because she's like why aren't we on the interstate and he said that there was a there's an accident and it was all backed up so he took these back routes and I mean, this is 2007, so they didn't have their smartphones. They had their flip cell phones. And I think they had, yeah, like a paper map. And he's trying to follow all this stuff. Well, he's lost, right? And she's kind of giving him crap about it. And things are tense. Stop at this gas station. Looks like nobody's there. Well, then the Ethan Embry character shows up. And he offers them some help. Opens a hood. He does something and it starts up points him in the right direction hands the wife a sparkler it's some weird thing that they do and they're off now i knew right from the get-go that that guy was not to be trusted so i at first i'm like this guy's off so they drive off and he tells them oh you'll be able to make it to the next town well not even a mile later the the car completely breaks down and it has a bent like fan blade or something and as the husband's out there he's asking her to start it up they're arguing starts it up things are just not going good for them now we get a little background information when the wife opens up the the mirror on the passenger side and her son's picture falls out and at first i was thinking She's sad because they're getting a divorce and she doesn't know how it's going to affect their son, I guess. I didn't com- I didn't jump to like the worst conclusion. Well, on their walk back to the mechanic shop, they talk about it. Luke Wilson's character brings it up and she kind of shuts him down right away. And they argue, like, why do you have to get this way anytime I bring up his name and they basically reveal that he died he passed away in an accident and it's pretty common for you know tragic family events like that 
for a couple to kind of deteriorate and eventually split you know trying to share that trauma so then now we're at the motel you get to the motel they're talking to the manager and i just get vibes right away like why are you in there like why don't you just leave like i don't know i've seen too many scary movies so i'm 100 just locking my car doors and sleeping in my car for the night but this guy's odd well first off when they when they get it when they walk in there they're hearing a woman screaming in, in the back room that he's in just like apt, like she's getting tortured and he pops out and they're like what the hell and he's being a super weird guy and i honestly think that kate beckinsale's character was the most level-headed like we should just go like this is weird let's not do this and luke wilson's character was very stupid I mean, that's just as how blunt I can be about it. They end up getting a room and they get the honeymoon suite for free, right? Go go to the honeymoon suite. I mean, this the room is from like the 1970s still. Disgusting, run down. Well, they start noticing some weird stuff. Uh, somebody starts banging on their door. Somebody starts banging on the next uh, the next room's door and they're freaked out. Now, I put in my notes that shit i'd be gone right after the they got a phone call and nobody was on the other side of the line i'd be gone no way am i staying there they they investigate and the husband ends up leaving his wife in the room while he goes to talk to the manager which was also another odd interaction and he's like oh yeah we get college kids that were bums that break in and just need a place to stay and they they trash it and yada 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 i'm like nah dude like i'm I am out of there. And the entire time, his wife is saying, like, we need to go. Like, we don't need to stay here. We can just go to the car and wait till morning. And he's like, nah, we're fine. And that, that was the weirdest part, was that when he came back, he just, like, he also he took off his shoes. He laid in the bed, and he's like, oh, let's let's unwind. And she's like, I cannot unwind. Well, she, I can't even know what she, 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 like, went into the bathroom or something. Oh, yeah, she, so she takes, like, sleeping pills and stuff so she's like in the bathroom because she's trying to take these pills well nothing's on the tv and there are tapes on top of the on top of the tv with the vcr so he puts them in there and it's like these people getting tortured and attacked and, and murdered on on film and he starts putting the pieces together he's like what the hell and he's like same curtains same bed same couch bathroom and he's like holy shit this is this is the room that all of these happened in so he puts in like four of these tapes and he finds out that this this was the this is the room that they're killing people in and so he tells his wife and then the bang on the banging on the door and everything continues and they're frightened and all of a sudden the power is cutting like in and out on them and all of a sudden this you kind of get a flash of one of the guys who's in the room and and what they like to do these people is they kind of like to torment them they, they like play with their prey before they finally kill them and they're looking outside they're trying to figure things out and they go they get outside they're crouching and they're like we're just gonna we're just gonna run for it you know they take off and as soon as they get past 
the the manager's little hut that he has the killers pop out and they're wearing these like these weird masks and they start chasing them so then they have to run back into the room and they lock themselves in there and i know my wife when she was watching she's like why do they keep going back to that room and i'm like i don't think they really have an option like either they could continue to run and these guys are just gonna eventually catch up to him and kill him or they can go back to this room where I like that Luke Wilson's character even said this. He's like, they can come in here at any time and kill us. They just, they like to play with us. They like to, tor- they're like, they're they're enjoying the process of tormenting us before they finally kill us. Now, this is this is like one of my favorite parts of the movie is that they're kind of looking for ways to get out, and he looks at uh, the bathroom window, and they have it nailed, like they have like fifty nails in it shut. So he he's like, all right. He's like, I, he turns on a tape and he goes, I know that they're, they're videotaping, they're videotaping us, right? So then he looks in all of the areas that the videotapes would be in and he's like, okay, there's one here, one there, one here. So then he puts his wife, she's sitting in the corner. She actually ends up like dozing off and he's like going through all the tapes and she's like, why are you watching those? And he goes, I'm looking for mistakes. Like where, where have they kind of flubbed up or where? If there's any like anything that's like revealing for him to find a way out of there and he found that in each of those tapes one of the killers is consistently coming through the bathroom and he goes that doesn't make any sense though because the windows nailed shut so then he investigates but he tells her i need you to stay in this spot because they need to watch you you know because of, and they can hear him too so he's whispering to her and he gets in there he covers up the camera that's in there but doesn't make it obvious and he finds this little latch for a door underneath the the rug near the the shower so it opens that up and it leads to this like crawl space like underground tunnel and he's like we need to use this and get out of here so they end up going through there and there was there was a part that I could never go through. I mean, there was probably 100, 100 rats in this freaking... And you have to crawl through. And I'm like, oh, God. And like, I just just kill me. I, I hate rodents, so that's just me. But they get through, and they get to the manager's office. And they're kind of looking for things. And she ends up calling the police from the manager's office. And they come in, though. So she has to keep him on the line. They go back down and they, the guy comes in there. He knows that they called. He rips the phone cord out and then he, he tells the killer, Jason, go get him. <laughs> so this is like right before my wife fell asleep. And she's like, this is my greatest fear. So it's basically the husband and the wife crawling through this tunnel system while this killer and then another and then the other killer, because there's two, pops that pop down there and are chasing them crawling crawling at them well they eventually find or they eventually get their way to the auto body shop and when they get up there i'm like you gotta put something on top of that latch because it'd be stupid if you didn't and like very smartly they he like tipped over this ginormous like counter on top of it i'm like there's no way that he's gonna be able to anyone be able to push that up and then they kind of have this really emotional moment where they talk about their marriage and the accident with their child i think it was something with the gate not being latched and i think he 
fell down the stairs or something and died and they they almost like for the first time addressed that trauma right then and there and in this moment of chaos and survival they're able to take this moment to truly speak to each other honestly and it almost makes you think like okay if they make it through this will they be able to stay together so now this is the interesting part the sheriff shows up and i really like this because they made it really interesting because i forgot to mention this but before this a truck driver showed up and they were pounding on the window for them to help they thought he was just some random guy looking to get a motel room there nope he's there to buy the tapes because they got buyers for it so luckily they didn't go out there and try to talk to this guy so now they're kind of having the same thoughts about this police officer thinking like is he in on it like maybe we should we should just watch him and not like call attention over here the police officer he's not in on it but he's looking through and he he he's kind of seeing all these things and he he actually he watches like one of the tapes and realizes what's going on and he gets out and the wife is like yep he is not in on it he he looks frightened and at the same time one of the killers i don't even know how this is possible but he's like pushing up a counter the counter that he put on top of the latch and he's like trying to slice them with a the knife i'm like there's no way you'd have enough leverage to to lift that thing up but whatever and so they run towards him and they actually get his attention and at first i was actually thinking like they were gonna get out of there with this guy he's like all right he's like get in my get in my get in my squad car they get in there and it doesn't start and they the officer goes out there and he pops the hood and i think his like battery line was cut and then all of a sudden the killer shows up behind him and kills him of course that happens so then they get out and they run and they start just busting open all of like the conjoining doors to the hotel rooms or motel rooms and they get to the they go from their unit all the way to the last unit on the other side and they kind of barricade themselves in there and the husband does something that's really smart he breaks the window rips off a piece of his wife's shirt and then hangs it on a shard of glass so it looks like she squeezed through and then he gives her a boost up into the, there's like tiles above like a false ceiling and she just goes up there and then he tells her you need to be quiet no matter what happens and then he's like i'm gonna go get the gun in the manager's office which i think i liked everything that he was doing up until that point because she was even like no you don't have to do this let's just both come up here and just like like wait it out like wait until it's like daylight and then like we'll figure it out or they'll think that we like got away and just wait until we know that there's nobody here and he's like no no we gotta finish this i gotta go there and the wife was right because right when he opened up the door he got stabbed in the stomach and i even put my notes at the time i was like oh i did not expect the husband to die he doesn't end up actually dying he just he's like i guess you don't really even know he is bleeding out but at the end of the movie like he wakes up and he's like still alive but who knows if he actually makes it but then she sits up there and they 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 think that she crawled through the window and they're like go get her and she basically just sits in the corner of like the ceiling and cries and then eventually falls asleep until morning time and this is like the part i don't get either is like why why would you go out there because she looks down and she sees her husband's body still 
and I'm like, I wouldn't go down until they took his body somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, like as if like they're hiding the evidence so that like the motel looks normal. But she pops down, and one of the killers like basically is like right behind her, like like he's been like waiting for her or something, which is weird because it's like why wouldn't you just go up there and kill her? But then she sprints and she sees her vehicle, the vehicle that they came in, and she gets inside of it. She gets inside of it, and as she's doing that, of course, the one time the sunroof is uh, not a good idea, one of the killers hops on top of the vehicle, gets on the sunroof. The car actually starts. I don't know what they did. She used a screwdriver to actually start it, which is weird. She drives. She's going crazy because this guy's. she's like fighting this guy. And she ends up crashing into the other killer and like pinning him up against the wall, like crashing into like the motel room. And it kills the other guy. And the other guy's obviously dead, but he takes his mask off and you find out it's that Ethan Embry character and they both die. And then the, the manager is like freaking out because those are kind of his like dirty work boys and starts chasing her. She gets into the uh, manager hut, locks herself in there, and I don't even, I think she went, maybe she called the police again. I don't think she did, actually. I think she went in there and she was, like, looking for something, but then he gets in there and he, like, starts, like, choking her with this, like, wire thing, and they're fighting and fighting and fighting, and then she, like, kicks him in the balls or something, and then he, he, like, pulls out a camcorder and he's, like, it's, like, the movie's, like, the snuff film's, like, still going on, and he's, like, filming her and that's kind of his demise is being distracted by getting it all on camera so she needs him in the balls and she gets one of the guns from up top uh there he had like two revolvers sitting above the door frame and she grabs one of them and they're fighting she, he kicks it out of her hand it like lands across the room and this is this part with dumb is like he like he throws her on top of the gun so she turns around, she puts like four bullets into him, just wastes this dude. And she gets up, she walks back because she never really had the time to like go to her husband's body and like mourn like there with him. Well, she finally goes over there and he's alive. Good news, right? So she runs back to the manager hut and they're still trying to like make the audience feel like there's there still might be a threat there might be something wrong still so i'm still kind of like okay maybe there's like another person in on this because honestly i was convinced that they didn't that they weren't gonna make it that they were just that's how they're gonna end this movie but nope she plugs the phone back in calls 911 and they say that they're sending people and then she walks back to her husband he's still alive and then it was such an odd ending because then the James Bond spy music kicks back in and we're zooming out and then we go right back into the ending credits. And that's uh, that's the movie for you. Quick movie, like I think it's like 88 minutes, but it's entertaining. I mean, I'd recommend, if you guys haven't seen it, like definitely give it a watch. Um, I don't really think that it has a good rewatchability rating, like... I don't think I'll ever watch it again just because I feel like there's so many movies that are similar to this type of film that if I'm looking for that home invasion type movie then 
I'm sure I could find like a newer type of movie or not a newer, but like one that I haven't seen yet. I'm sure they have a bunch of them that I could see, but yeah, um, I'm excited I saw it though, because I've been meaning to, to watch it and I've been, it's been just like going crazy in my head. Cause I was like, you know, on Facebook, I know, maybe some of you guys saw this. I was like, Oh, I'm going to do the lost boys. Well then I got busy and I'm like, I don't know if I want to do the lost boys. And then my buddy Keller that we ha- I had on her for hereditary, he's like, dude, we should do hereditary. So then I did hereditary and then I kind of like, didn't want to do the, <laughs> the lost boys anymore. And then I've just been basically so busy that I've been trying to think of like, all right, what's a movie that I could do solo that would be good. And then surprisingly enough, I came across this and I'm like, oh, it's 88 minutes. It's short. It's one location. It's kind of straightforward and simple. Oh, this is a perfect one to do by myself. So that's vacancy for you. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Enjoyed my review of it. I plan on getting more episodes out this summer just bear with me here i'm trust me there will be more episodes and i'm gonna keep it going but i just need a little extra time and plus i'd like to get some more guests on here and like i said i'll have crazy uncle seth back on and keller back on but i'd also like to expand my guest list and have different guests on so it's not the same people every single time and just get different personalities and perspectives on on films and if you like this stuff i mean i definitely encourage you to go to the film room facebook page and give it a like or follow it i'm putting posts in there i'll actually be linking to our website and some blog material but i'm working on getting that bonus content and exclusive content for you guys because i think a big thing that i'm going to drive is so i as much as i love the podcast like i'm i i i I'm going to continue to do that, but I also have a passion for like fictional writing. So I think I'm going to put a lot of like horror fiction on the website. I'm going to try to get another episode out here in the next week or two, and then uh, maybe try to find another guest to come onto the podcast. But like always, thank you guys so much for listening and I'll catch you next time.